You guys, I, I may have said this last week, and, I, and if so, I'll say it again. If we are just surviving and not thriving, then we're not living the life that God has called us to live. We're not called to just barely hold on with our fingertips and just barely survive. That is not what God has called us to do. He's called us to thrive. He has called us to flourish. God God wants us every day to be full of blessings, to be full of joys, to be full of mercies. He wants every day to dote for us in the coolest ways where we go, He is personal and He is affectionate and He, and he I have His full attention right now. My God is present with me. For us to flourish. There are two things that we absolutely must must do. We must know God and we must make Him known. We've got to know God and we've got to make Him known. You guys, if, if someone... For those who don't know Christ, I don't care how many positive and good things are going on in their life. It's not a flourishing because we, I, we can't truly flourish without knowing the, the God who is love, the God who is grace, who is mercy. It's not enough that we know that God has peace for us. Okay? It's not enough. We must know that God is peace. I mean, how many times have we said, Lord, I just need your peace right now. Lord, I just need your peace. And he's like, I am peace. Know me. I am peace. I'm in your, I'm with you now. You're in my presence. Look at me. I'm peace. It's not enough that we know that God loves you. Because if we, if we just think it's a, it's a trait that he's exhibiting, then maybe somewhere in our mind we can think at some point he might run out. Well, he has grace for me, but I'm, I keep messing up. At some point it might run out. But if we think about it, it's the fact that God is love. He can never stop being himself. He is love. He is grace. He will never run out of being him. He will never run out of grace for you because He is grace. He'll never run out of love for me because He is love. Whatever I lack, whatever you lack, whatever we feel like we're in deficit of can be found in His presence. In His presence is fullness of and then joy, but fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. In His presence is fullness of peace, of joy, love of mercy of hope when I talk about knowing God I'm not talking about gaining knowledge I'm not talking about gaining information I'm talking about being with him so you're like oh oh you're talking about my Jesus you're talking about my God and, and that we recognize when he's at work, we recognize when he's touching us. We recognize him. Guys, it doesn't matter what our setting or our environment is. He wants us to 
flourish. Knowing God and making Him known. Pursuing these purposes make it possible for us to enjoy the best in life and thrive. Psalms 92, 11 through 15 says this, My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the defeat of my wicked opponents. Just so you guys know, Satan is defeated. And our eyes have to see his defeat. Our ears have to hear his, his whimpers because he is a defeated foe by the blood of the Lamb. But the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. For they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. Now, I love when like Webster or Miriam or Oxford or whatever dictionary you're looking at, I love when they line up with scripture. Check out the definition, not like from a concordance or like a commentary, but from the dictionary. This is the definition of flourish. To grow or develop in a healthy or vigorous way, especially as a result of a, of a particularly favorable environment. It's the presence of God. That's the presence of God. A particularly favorable environment? Yeah, you could say that. We flirt. We flourish, we grow, we thrive, we're healthy in Christ Jesus. Verse 14, even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. They will declare, the Lord is just. He is my rock. There is no evil in him. What are the things we declare? I mean, it's an anthem. You could do like a... To that, I mean, it was awesome. The Lord is just. He's my rock. There's no evil in him. The third one doesn't work as much. But the first two for sure. The first two sure. But what are the things we declare? What are the things we declare? What are the things in our time with the Lord that we pronounce? Last week I issued a challenge. You guys remember that challenge? The, the, the Monday, Wednesday, Friday challenge? I'm like, this week, start Monday and Wednesday and Friday Started off with the Lord. Started off presence. And then I was like kind of outside the box and, you know, maybe possibly an iffy decision. I'm like, don't start Tuesday and Thursday with the Lord. Just so that you can remember what it feels like. Not to start your day with the Lord. Just just to, to kind of gauge it. I called it a scientific spiritual experiment. I did it. And I tabled on Thursday in the midst of not starting my day with the Lord. I put a stop to it and I said, no, I, I found myself just praying in the spirit. And I'm like, my, my soul's crying out. Like, don't just jump into work. You guys, when we, when we are intentional about spending time with the Lord, it's, it's remarkable. It's nourishing. It grows us. The times that we just, maybe we're clinging to a little bit extra sleep. And we say, well, I'm just going to choose a little bit more sleep before I have to rush off to work. We're choosing poorly. We're choosing poorly. Because I'm in the presence of God to start our day is much more restful than that extra sleep we're getting. I promise you. So I have to read the English Standard Version of verse 14. 
Um, I, I just read it in the New Living. In the ESV, it says, um, they, steer, they still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green. Um, I texted the wise guys this morning, and I'm like, these aren't my words. These aren't my words. But according to the Bible, you're full of sap. <laughs> Not my words. And uh, Carl said, uh, I hear you. I hear you. But, you know, j- just, just know that uh, I get even. No, I don't get mad. I get even. So I like, I like the fight in our wise guys. So here's how we can flourish in our faith. Let's just look at some practical things. Number one, dig deep in Jesus. Dig deep in Jesus, in our relationship with him. Just like a tree grows physically by digging its roots deep into the ground and wide into the ground so that it can weather the storm, we are to dig deep and wide. We think about today. We're to dig deep and wide in our relationship with the Lord. We do this with, there are disciplines and patterns and habits and practices that we shouldn't view as disciplines, habits, patterns, and practices. But they all revolve around spending time with God. They all revolve around making time to be with him, to be in his word, to remind ourselves of his promises, to worship him, to exalt him, to pray, to talk to our father and to pause and to listen. We can call them disciplines, but you guys, this is, this is the basics of relationship with him. But it does take discipline. It does take patterns. It does take habits to get us into a place where that it just becomes natural. You guys, while we're seeking the Lord, while we're seeking Him, He does this amazing thing of orchestrating His dreams in our lives. Even when we're doing small things, He's orchestrating big things in our lives. He's always doing way more than we think that time is doing. 15 minutes in the Word is never 15 minutes in the Word. It's always bigger. God's always doing something bigger. I can't explain it. It's kingdom math, which is different than earthly math. But it's always bigger. He doesn't, God doesn't despise the, the small beginnings that we'll bring to Him, and we shouldn't either. Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or or who join in with mockers. That that stand around with sinners, let me me kind of, who stand with sinners, who stand with their causes. How about that? Okay. Who stand with their causes or join with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. This first psalm, it shows that the righteous are illustrated by the simile of a tree that is fruitful in every season. 
even when it's cold, even when it's dry. Whatever the season seems to be characterized by, our lives can be fruitful because of the work of Jesus Christ. And because we are just enveloped in Him. When our roots are deep into the soil of God's Word, and we are positioned to be nourished by Him, then we will not wither, but we will thrive. Yes, few things baffle me more than this. I'm just, I'm being honest. What I'm about to ask, few things baffle me and frustrate me more than this. Why is it hard for seemingly mature Christians to spend time with God? It drives me nuts. It baffles me. It does. He is so good and he's so good all the time. Because good is not just a, a mood he's in or a trait he possesses. He is good. He is goodness. Always personified when we, when we come to him. Why is it so hard for Christians to make him a priority in our lives? We've got, we've got to do it. It's, it's like having Thanksgiving meals set before us. And, and never leave in our room to come eat it. It's like having the most incredible spy experience available to us, but we never open the door to go inside to experience it. It's, it's baffling, right? It's like, oh, you know, I went to the spa today. Oh, did you have a great time? No, no, I just went to the door. It, it looked really pretty inside, but I, the lobby looked nice. Never, you know, saw past that. We got to go deep. We got to go deep. We got to go inside. Number two, we have got to dig deep inside of ourselves. Number two, dig deep inside of yourself. Because we don't allow doubt or circumstance or discouragement or rough seasons or fear to keep us from being who we are meant to be. God has ultimate control of your life. But here's what's key. Obedience. Obedience is God's love language. That is God hears love is obedience. Look at John fourteen fifteen, and then just go a page and go to John fifteen fourteen. He says, "You are my friends if you do what I say. If you obey, you're my friend. You love me. If you love me, you'll obey me. Th- that's God's love language. Obedience. Obedience." You guys, it's not through religious effort that we're trying to to connect with God. It's not obligation. When I talk of obedience, it's not obligation. You know what an obedience is? It's a recognition of authority. It's compliance. It's complying with what he says because we recognize his authority. That's what obedience is. We realize that the one speaking to us is the one who is the only one where we can find truth. He is the only one who is truth. And so when he says something, we're like, done, done, Lord. I trust you completely. You're awesome. You're brilliant. You're mighty. Done.
Let's flip over to Philippians 2. I'm going to read verses 12 and 13. You need to enjoy the graces, the, the mercies, the joys, the blessings that God has for us every day. Every day. In digging deep inside of ourselves, in, 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 in growing, in flourishing, we have to trust Him with the deep things that we're going to stumble upon as we dig deep inside of ourselves. we got to trust Him. We're going to go, oh, there's disobedience. And not to allow shame or something just to wreck us, but to say, Lord, I've been to disobedience. And to repent. And to run to Him and to change our minds. And, and, and to allow the Holy Spirit to just bring us into fullness as we as our actions indicate eyes on Christ instead of eyes on self. Philippians 2.12 says, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working you. God is giving you the desire and God is giving you the power to do what pleases Him. How awesome is that? He's giving you the desire. He's giving you the power to walk out the things that pleases Him. You guys, we, we make a mistake when we make it all about us. And we think it's our efforts and our strength and our faithfulness and our whatever. And it's our dependence upon God. That's what it is, friends. We run to Him and He's the one who gives us strength to obey Him. I think that's remarkable. He gives us the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. It is God who is doing the growth in you. You just do obey and allow. You do. I have to obey and allow. Taking that attitude makes living the Christian life a joy. God's got this. God's got us. Number three, and I've probably got to go pretty quick here. Number three is guard and pain. Number one was go, go deep with God. Number two is go deep into ourselves. Number three is to guard and train. Guard your mind from what isn't healthy and guard your mind and your heart and your soul from what isn't truthful. Proverbs 4, 20 through 27 says this, my child, Listen to, how, listen to how affectionate this is. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. For they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. So he says those affectionate words leading up to what he's about to say here. Next verse, verse 23. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life avoid all perverse talk stay away from corrupt speech if if i can i I think we mix this up a little at times i think it is dualistic in its meaning i do think it has two facets okay but we've looked at this as um so uh, I'm going to read again. Avoid all perverse talk and stay away from corrupt speech. We've, we've heard this our whole lives as don't say bad things. 
Don't drop the F-bomb. Don't say the S-word. Don't gossip and don't slander. So we, we've, we've heard it this way is stay away from it. And what I really, I think the primary meaning of what this is, is if you're in the midst of, of corrupt speech, of perverse talk, walk away. Because he's just got to talk about guarding your heart. He's like, when you're hearing these things that are perverse and corrupt and heavy and sinful and they're full of lies, just wait, guard your heart. Stay away from them. Have nothing to do with them. And you shouldn't. The other things too. But he's talking about our heart. Listen to what he says next. Look straight ahead. And fix your eyes on what lies before you. Make out a straight path for your feet. Stay in a safe path. How redundant, right? Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. See, because if, if we'll listen to evil, if, if we'll sit there and hang out and entertain untruth, it makes it that much more likely we'll follow it. And he's saying, walk away. Set your eyes on me. Say straight. Look at me right here. Right here, buddy. Right here, sweetie. Right here. Right here. Don't listen. Right here. Right here. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. See, our guardian of our heart is not just this, this stoic thing that we do for ourselves. Our guardian of our heart is look Jesus. Our guardian of our heart is keeping my eyes set on Jesus. And walking with Jesus and obeying Jesus. That's what guards my heart. It's this intentional thing that I've got to do. He's the guardian of my heart. I just need to set my eyes and my focus and my attention on Him. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom. Because we need to discern how Satan is working, trying to redefine what we believe. hearing words of death that will tear us down and contradict what Christ says. And that's, that's the enemy's goal to get us to believe the words that contradict Christ, that contradict His promises. Someone who is growing spiritually is flourishing. And some of the fruit of someone who is growing is that they practice discernment, distinguishing good from evil, right from wrong. Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. Okay, before we read this, hold on, don't, don't look up there yet. All right, right here, stay with me. Okay, don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me because I didn't write Hebrews. There we go. Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You're like babies, not me probably Paul or whoever wrote Hebrews. You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature. Who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Discernment between what's right and wrong. Through training. I find that interesting. You know what the number one elements of successful training is repetition repetition sit there you know get in the ball and just shoot shot after shot and just after practice just sitting there doing here I'll, I'll, right here after practice every time 
elbow in, shot, you get the ball. 100 free throws, 200 free throws. Repetition. How do, we, how do we apply this scripture to repetition? When we hear evil, say, that's evil, that's evil. Be a watchdog, evil. I mean, we don't have to do that. It'd be hilarious. Uh, but I'm not going to lie. They think you're strange. But in your heart, evil. And then tell the Lord, Lord, that's evil, right? That's evil, right? He's like, yeah, that's evil. Lord, that's good, right? Lord, that's you, right? See, it's just dialogue with the Lord. Lord, that's you, right? Yeah, that's me. Lord, that's you, right? Uh, Look at it closer, son. Oh, no, 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 that contradicts you. Yep, you got it, buddy. Training. People young and old, hear me, hear me. Know when to turn the channel. Know when to turn the station. Know when to walk away from the conversation. Know when to leave the party, especially the pity party. Number four, nurture and invest in community. Nurture and invest in community. There is strength in numbers. We are stronger together. We are stronger together. If I'm going to, I'm a, I'm a pretty capable guy. Back in the day, I was a pretty scrappy guy. Now I'm kind of like a doughy guy, but that's all right. I'm still, you know, pretty capable. If I'm going into battle, I'm not going alone. I'm taking the best warriors I can with me. And and honestly, I'm taking so many that it's not even close. What I do now is I take Christ. He's my so many. He's my so many. I don't go into battle alone. We don't fight battles on our own. We are stronger together. We are stronger when someone goes, look, I love you, man, but are you? It seems like you're fighting this in your own strength. I mean, I could be wrong. And then I go, "That's you, that's you, Lord, right? That's you. Okay, that's you. Thanks, thanks, Peter. Thanks. Yeah, you're right, man. I'm trying to do this in my own strength. Would you help me and pray with me and battle with me? Since God often grows us and ministers to us through other believers, it's crucial to invest in Christ-centered community regularly. Developing relationships with people who are both more and less spiritually mature than you are so that we can learn from each other, so that we can be teachable, so that we can learn, so that this is all about growth, right? This is about flourishing, being teachable. Number five, branch out. As a tree reaches out to its surroundings with branches, God calls us to reach out to others, to make him known, and also to know him better and more through that branching out. Reach out. Reach out to other people. When we do this, it shows the world that you belong to Jesus and that Jesus is God. When we reach out with that invitation to community, it shows people that we belong to Jesus, that we're part of something bigger than ourselves, that we are grafted into the family of God. And that they're invited too. And that they're welcome too. That Jesus paid the price for them as well. Once you're flourishing, you're meant to help others flourish. Right? Once you're thriving, you're meant to help others thrive. And let me say this, and please hear me. Don't hide your scars. 
use them. Don't hide your scars. Let God use them. Let Him use everything that the enemy meant for harm and let God use it for good. Don't hide your scars. Let God use them. Scars are a map of God's grace in your life. Number six, flourish in love. Whenever we're communicating with others of faith, we've got to find that right balance of truth and love. We don't have the right to, to, to be mean and, but by saying, but I'm speaking the truth. We're not hurt unless we speak the truth in love. Love earns the right to speak the truth, while truth proves that you really love. Love earns the right to speak the truth while truth proves that you really love. Keep in mind that Jesus hates the sin, but he loves the sinner. He befriends the sinner. He ate with the sinner. He invited himself to the homes of sinners. Love no matter what. Build a bridge to Jesus for other people. We're supposed to flourish. Every day we're supposed to flourish. Even in a hard season, we're supposed to bear fruit. Just not our own fruit, right? Just not our own fruit. Look at how strong I am. Look at how much I have it together. Look at how well composed I am. No, we're supposed to we're supposed to be fruitful with the fruit of the Spirit manifest in our life. Because when we're squeezed, that's what's supposed to come out. The fruit of the Spirit in our lives. When we're squeezed gentleness should come out, not, not harshness. And, and that only happens if we're knowing Him, if we truly know Him. I, I can tell the difference when I'm not spending time with the Lord. I can tell the difference when I didn't start my day with the Lord. I can tell the difference when I'm squeezed and I didn't start the day with the Lord. I recover quickly, but sometimes that first squeeze isn't the fruit of the Spirit. And you guys can do the same thing. I mean, you, you, we got to know that he's not just loving, but that he's love. Don't just survive. Don't just survive. That is not what God has for us. He's called us to thrive. Flourish. Grow in a healthy or vigorous way, especially as a result of the most favorable environments of God's presence. Dig deep in Jesus and yourself. Guard and train. Nurture and invest in community. Branch out to others. And flourish in love.